And we're back with another episode of Roots and Grooves. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. We're super excited to be here out of Seattle, Washington at Signal Radio Studios. Across from me is the founder of Signal, Jay Purcell. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Another edition of Rooster Grooves. Who are we talking about today, Jay? You, well, you're Jesse Quigley. Did you say your name? Oh, I didn't say my name. My yeah. name is Jesse. There we go. Quigley. Yeah. Uh, that is correct. That is right. We got our <laughs> names right, and so we're off to a good start. Always a good start. And this week, we are talking about Deer Hunter. Yep. But not big game hunters out there with a rifle. Talking and, about a music uh, band. And not the movie. From a long time ago. Is that a movie? 70s movie, The Deer Hunter, I think it's called, with uh, Christopher Walken. Sounds like a scary movie. It's, it's kind of, yeah, thriller-ish. Christopher, yeah, Walken, thriller. Christopher Walken's yeah. always a little scary to, to look at. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, none of those. <laughs> uh, they are uh, a band out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think I said Athens on the... But oh, Athens is in Georgia. That's as probably well. near Atlanta. Yeah. I think you're right, though. Athens is there. Yeah, we're um, kind of a low-key geography podcast. Yeah, yeah, we we want to be. We hope to be one day. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get there. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, you can describe them as indie rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very vaguely and, and generally, but they they d- dive into styles like alternative, mm-hmm. experimental rock, psychedelic rock. Um, yeah, dream pop. Mm-hmm. Post rock, uh, basically using drums, guitar, bass, and vocals, and some really cool um, production techniques about you know panning, yeah, um, and stuff like that. They have synths, yeah, some synths. synths. Yeah, they've had a few different members come in and out of the band, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into. They have uh, like six or seven LPs out. Yeah, um, the first of which coming out in two thousand seven. Yeah. Or actually even earlier, I think like 2004, their first one came out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've been around for a while. They've been consistent. Um, a lot of critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. They've certainly wedged themselves into the psychedelic indie rock mm-hmm. arena yeah. in the current um, music industry world. And I hadn't heard of them at all um, until you mentioned them. Not they're kind of, they're, yeah. they kind of have a big following and they're pretty yeah. good at the same time as maintaining their underground yeah. um, kind of residence. Yeah. So really good stuff, really consistent all the way through. Yeah, I, I discovered them. I think Halcyon Digest. Okay, which that's the one. Probably that's where I got into them. I was most excited to talk about that one. Yeah, and then since I discovered some of their other albums and really good stuff all the way through. Yeah, um, yeah, led by a charismatic frontman, Bradford Cox. Yeah, um, other members, current members. I'll talk. Yeah. We'll say current members first. Moses um, Archuleta on drums, percussion. Some electronics, mm-hmm. Locket Pund. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it. Pund. I think so. Yeah. P U N D T. Yeah. On guitar and sometimes lead vocals and on keyboards. John McKay, bass, guitar, organ. Um, he's been there since 2013. And Javier Morales on keyboards, piano, and saxophone. Yeah. Been there since 2016. And I think uh, Bradford Cox, the vocalist, and Moses, the drummer, are the two founding members. Been there since the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, and I'm finally going to talk about the origin of their name first uh, instead oh, yes. of at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we usually just throw that in like, oh yeah, by the way. Um, apparently Deer Hunter was just a suggestion um, by Moses and Bradford didn't care what the band was called. Like he was like, he thought it wasn't. Just come up with anything, I don't care. Yeah, I think because originally he thought it was just going to be another like art side project kind right. of thing. So he didn't really care. Um, apparently he despises the name now, but. <laughs> it's um, simultaneously a good name and. 
I don't care for it either. Mm. Um, but I think if the music backs up, yeah, you can name your 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 project any name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it really. Um, I, when I I didn't think anything about the name when I saw it, and then I listened mm -hmm. to the most latest album first. Um, why hasn't everything disappeared? Uh, I was yeah didn't didn't phase me the mm -hmm. name at all kind of thing. Yeah, so, I think it, yeah. it it fits. Yeah, well enough. Yeah, and uh, Simon. Yeah, it's kind of a good name. Yeah, because of their kind of psychedelic, um, you know, out of the box thinking. Yeah, and that name feels kind of out of the box. Yeah, for particularly what they're doing. Yeah, they call they describe themselves as ambient punk, mm -hmm. which I think you can hear a lot of. Uh, at least for me, on their second album, Cryptograms. Yeah. That's really um, spacey, synthy, mm -hmm. a lot of like long tracks on there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of atmosphere, a lot mm -hmm. of ambience, yeah. Um, but I think when they first started out, they were very like garage rock, noise, mm -hmm. a lot of noise and mayhem. Um, not very well organized sounding, but kind of in that, very underground kind of way, you know, which 100%. is kind of cool. Yeah. 100%. Um, because I think, like, sort of rewinding back a bit, they like their very first thing they released was called Deer Hunter slash Alphabet Split, which is an EP 2005, mm -hmm. and then uh, the self titled Deer Hunter in 2004, which has a different name. Which I don't think I can say because it has a very sort of offensive name. It's not so, PC. No, I mean, this came out. <laughs> What almost twenty four, almost twenty years ago? Yeah, and mm -hmm. a, a, this word was more um, wide, widely used at that time. Well, for people who don't know, it's turn it up, f word, f word being the derogatory term for gay people. Faggot. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! You said it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> it's 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 history. The it people got to know. We're here to. It's yeah. history. We're yeah. not. We're not using that word we're just just describing what happened in yeah history and i think uh the reason they call it that is kind of like um so brandon the the lead singer he is gay and uh but i think it's really like he said someone shouted it out at a show or something like that like like turn oh. it up like when they're like <laughs> playing live kind of thing and he and he just like when they put the album out they were like oh let's just call the album that that's that's punk like, enough yeah that's kind of punk yeah um, cause he kind of has this, um, and we can talk about it a little bit more, but he kind of has this like, don't give a fuck attitude mm -hmm. about a lot of this stuff. Um, he's very deep. He's very well versed in all of the things he's gotten into in terms of like the art that he follows and the music he follows. Mm -hmm. He's got some very obscure references that he pulls out with like different names of cinematographers and classical musicians and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, at the same time, he also says that he doesn't like to put too much thought into all of this stuff, like mm -hmm. with Deer Hunter, like, you know, he likes to say that he's kind of a rambling, rambling, fumbling person that doesn't really have an agenda of anything in particular or a vision for anything in particular. Mm -hmm. It just all sort of comes together organically out of the chaos kind of thing. Like, yeah. On the yeah. spot in the moment yeah. Yeah. with the energy that he's feeling at that time. Yeah. I think on that strain... That's a good point. I think I heard him say, um, Cox, that is, I think he said he doesn't write lyrics beforehand. Oh, really? That's also kind of on the spot. Right. Okay. Um, and just kind of a stream of consciousness mm -hmm. and kind of feels it out as he's recording it mm -hmm. and whatever sounds good. Mm -hmm. 
um, is kind of what he goes with. I know Damon Albarn does that a lot. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's yeah. kind of his style too. Yeah. Um, so I've seen. Yeah. Which is cool. So they because they put yeah. a lot of effort into the production and things are just placed just right. Yeah. To mingle with each other and uh, to yeah. mash and to sound really cool. Well, the uh, uh, like he also said Brandon Cox, the singer, that um, he he likes music that sounds more improvised. Mm-hmm. Like, like he mentioned, like people like Sonic Youth and stuff like that. He said, "Oh, they probably actually thought out their music really well." But he said he likes it to sound like it's kind of organic, like a jam or something like that, versus something that's very like polished or put together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I th- yeah, I think they do yeah. a good job of making it sound live and rough around the edges enough. Yeah, but obviously they put a lot of care into it. I don't. I don't know how you could say that they don't, based yeah. on listening to the music. Yeah, it yeah. just has that level of yeah. professionalism about it. Yeah. Um. And so those two kind of sides of the spectrum, you get Deer Hunter. Yeah. Which is really cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. One side note, I'll just say at the top because it's in my notes right here. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sorry. What I got to go back to is. Yeah, oh, Bradford Cox. I keep wanting yeah. to say Brian. Uh, I said Brandon as well. Sorry, yeah, Brad sorry, Mr. Bird. Cox. Mr. Cox. Bradford. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bradford, he made his film acting debut in 2013's movie Dallas Buyers Club. Really? Yeah. Ah. So, fun I fact. I haven't watched that movie. It keeps coming up on uh, various... I've seen it. It's pretty good. TV screens to see. Yeah. Did you see him in that? Is he? Does he have a much of a big part? I think he like? has a fairly big part. I saw yeah. it a few years ago, yeah. and then I just put this. I just found this note yeah. re- during research this week. Right. And I didn't rewatch the movie, but I think he has a significant role. Interesting. Um, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I didn't know who it was at the time. Okay. Just thought he was some actor. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a good movie. Okay. We'll it has a. It's yeah. so, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Right? All okay. right. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Fun fact of the episode. Very there good. you go, peeps. Thanks Very for being good, here. Yeah. We're talking about Deer Hunter today. What do we got on um, early life? So, I don't know much about um, the other members because they don't talk a lot in uh, interviews. It's yeah. like usually Bradford giving the interview mm-hmm. both in written form and in videos. Even I saw an old clip of all of the band members there and he was the only one talking. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he gave some funny answers actually, which I'll maybe mention at some point. But please um, do. He uh he also said um that he doesn't like to be called a lead man or the the front person. He said he's an agent of mm-hmm. Deer Hunter. because um, he says that they he said they kind of have an egoless operation when they're as a band making music and all that, that, that everything everyone's kind of on a level playing field mm-hmm. and he just says the lead person thing is just the consequence of the media you know having to label someone or something from mm-hmm. the band and you know plus the fact that the other guys are kind of quiet they don't really you know they're not out there doing things and yeah they're all just kind of chill and reserved yeah and Bradford does have a very char- well someone said charismatic personality he has does Definitely has charisma. Mm-hmm. He's definitely very, like, like he he's said himself that like he talks a lot and he has all and he's like a very sort of fumbling person. Mm-hmm. And you can I saw one interview where he was just like, it was like a thirty minute interview, and I think the interviewer maybe got like two and a half questions in, and the rest of the time he was just like going off, <laughs> just rambling. Yeah, but it was actually all really good stuff. Uh-huh. But, it, but he'd like go, for, he'd like talk about one thing for a little bit, and then it, and then it'd sort of like pivot to like another. It, it's like kind of 
It's almost like he asked himself a thought or a question and <laughs> it answered it at the same time. Um, but anyway, so he, all I know is about his background. Um, he grew up poor, he said, working class family. Um, blue collar, he called it. A lot of uh, living in a lot of small towns in Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. I think Mississippi, Memphis or Mississippi as well at some point. Oh, I didn't know that. Younger, yeah. And um, he was into music from a really early age, like uh, when uh, Nirvana had In Utero out. Um, he used to do things like, because I think Kurt Cobain used to wear dresses sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he said he used to like, have this like some i think it, it, it was like some kind of guitar that he plugged into a toy amp in his bedroom and he'd be wearing a dress and he'd be jumping up and down in his bed like singing along to in utero by nirvana hell yeah and he said like you know if anyone saw him do that at that time he would have been devastated you know yeah. it's like <laughs> it's kind of a private moment sort of thing 100 percent. um but yeah no like i think he was just from a very early age really into like you know sonic youth and nirvana and a lot of sort of like grunge music, rock music of that era sort of thing. Because um, how old is he? Do we know how old he is? Um, no. Okay. Nope. Okay. But I, um, he's not that old. I mean, he's like probably 30s now. He's 39. Something. 39. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So very young. Yeah. So like teens in the in the 90s and stuff like that. He's, he's not yeah. a spring chicken. No. No. But he's just not, he's barely hitting, not even middle age. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he also said, because uh, people say, oh, you know, Deer Hunter's been a, around for like, what, I guess at this point, 20 years, something. Yeah, just, 2024 just would be 20. like, yeah, yeah, I mean, if they started in 2003 or so, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, 20-ish. But he said he's been, but he's been doing music for way longer than that. He said, mm -hmm. you know, before Deer Hunter came out with their first things, he probably had another like 10 years of mm -hmm. messing around with music and. He actually, actually said that uh, on their third, second album, Cryptograms, there are some songs on there that he wrote when he was 13 or 14 years old. So, Yeah, so he seems like this, a guy yeah. who has a lot of ideas going all the time. Yeah. And he'd started sure. pretty early, even though they weren't maybe finished tracks that were released. Yeah. He had ideas going from that moment he was jumping on the bed in a dress. Exactly. <laughs> so that's yeah. when, yeah, that's when kind of the, that we could say the beginning of Deer Hunter. Yeah. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, he met Moses the drummer who's been there since the beginning as well. And, uh, so, and he's the one who named the band. He's the one that named the band Moses. And, and then from there, I think they just, I don't know how they met the rest of the members. They did have some like original members, their original bass player. Um, Justin Bosworth. He played on turn it up, but unfortunately the bad news is that Bosworth passed away in a skateboarding accident. Yeah. And he yeah. hit his head or something like that and, you know, yeah. passed away. Rest in peace. Yeah, they said the band members aren't even really sure of the events that led to his accident, um, unfortunately. But he was there, at the original founding, since 2001. And uh, and I think he, he at least played on the EP. I read that somewhere. But I think by the time, but not on the debut album that they eventually did. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a sad start to any projects kind mm -hmm. of thing um um but you know but they went on from there and, yeah it, um, it seemed like with with little stoppage yeah in, in their march i think they were just like flowing and, and so they did dedicate the first album to 
Justin, in the, the linear notes back then, you had linear notes. Yeah. Or like linear. How do you say that? I thought it was liner. Liner notes. I don't know. Yeah, not linear. Liner. Look. I think liner notes, yeah. <laughs> album artwork notes or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, they dedicated that album to him. And uh, uh, Brandon Bradford, sorry. Oh my God. Bradford. Bradford said he actually hates the first album and he wishes that he kind of didn't uh, dedicate it to him because he should have been dedicated on a better body of work or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you, I don't think you can really find, I did find the album on a, not their band camp, but the band camp of the record label it came out on, Stick Figure Records. Nice. So it's out there on Stick Figure Records' band camp page. Props to the research there, Jay. Yeah. And uh, it's not, I can see what he means about um, not liking it. He said at the time they did it, they were super proud of it and they thought it was really good. But since they've progressed musically. Up until that point, it was yeah. probably the best thing that they've made. Yeah. So. But since great. then, they're like, no, it's not quite good. And, you know, it is, it is a messy <laughs> album. It's, it's very garage rock. There's a lot of dissonant, mm -hmm. like random guitar riffs that go nowhere that start and then stop and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. A little um, more psych rock. Yeah. A little more wild garage, like you said. But we could play a track because I, I did like a couple of the tracks that I heard off of this let's just get a little taster teaser yeah um yeah the second track adorno which i think also came out on their first ep and then was also included on this album so we got a two for one on here there we go represent their first ep I like and it. Uh, their first album <laughs> thought we were just gonna do a taster teaser oh no i played the whole thing <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> uh well i said it would give it gave you a taster of what uh the first album was like yeah yeah, yeah. slash ep before that because that track adorno that we just played featured on both of those well i mean was, i like the energy yeah they're pretty pretty one-dimensional yeah. yeah um yeah it's like one one sort of thing um yeah, and that's probably like the most well put together the song on it. They had another track on that called Oceans, which I thought was pretty good as well. But the rest of it, like I said, is very sort of chaos, chaotic yeah. energy, like you could say. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but anyway, we got that there. And uh, I think like with the case was with these first two pieces of work that, um, cause there's a guy called Nick Verhenes or Vernhez, Nicholas Vernhez, who's uh, produced and mixed a lot of their albums. And he didn't produce those first two releases, but he mixed them. Um, cause they were like sort of unsure about them at the time. And, and they were like, just give, like he said, just give me the, the tapes and I'll like mix it and stuff like that. Um, and he was also there for the second album, Cryptograms, where they, he was had a more he was present in the recording sessions versus mm -hmm. not being present in the first two. And he said the first two were like 
pretty much live recorded live with the band like with hardly any overdubs at all sort of thing so yeah i saw they yeah. recorded that cryptograms in two days yeah which is pretty quick eventually um we can we can go on to that yeah 2007 i think they came out their second album and i think their first album that bradford was like actually pleased with it's like this is this is deer hunter now like i have you know. turn it up f word at 2004 and then cryptograms 2005 yeah okay so uh, I, i'm uh, not yeah. super familiar with cryptograms but yeah it's a it's a stepping stone into their later work yeah there's a lot more um like i said earlier at the top of the show a lot more ambient synth mm -hmm. it's very there's a lot more synths in there there wasn't any synths in that track we just played yeah i think this is where they right. found kind yeah. of their footing of where they wanted to go and kind of laid that yeah that direction down yeah for where they're kind of pointing their feet yeah yeah so yeah. pretty good i don't know any um specific songs off of that yeah i don't either just as a project um, it's it's good it's it's less yeah. garagey than that first album yeah um but it's on its way to the more refined deer hunter that um that Definitely. became after this yeah and i think they had a kind of a hard time uh getting to record this album because like we said their first bass player um justin passed away and they said they played a bunch of shows and then they got in touch uh with this woman who was in another band, I think called Samara, is her name. Samara Lubelski. And Bradford had, didn't have anything nice to say about her. He called her the B word in an uh, interview that I saw. <laughs> uh -oh. um, basically, like, you know, they were playing at some show. They're they all part of the same scene in Georgia kind of thing. And she liked them and invited them to record at this studio called i think it's called rare book studio or something in mm -hmm. new york and um and he said they recorded it all and they said it just, it just wasn't working they didn't get on with her like you know i mean i don't want to talk ill of someone i don't know but he, he like i said he didn't have any nice things to say about her he said also said he was going through some like his own mental issues at that point sort of thing and the fact that their friend and former band member had passed away mm -hmm. And it was just all of that going on. It just didn't create a good atmosphere for writing and recording music. Um, so they did record like an album's worth of material, but they scratched it all. They, uh, he said he still has it on a scratched CD or under his bed and like no one will ever hear it again. Mm -hmm. But apparently they did leak a couple of tracks off of that. On yeah, they blog. did release it. Yeah. I think maybe not even to their knowledge or their, yeah. their, their label kind of went behind them maybe. and kind of yeah. pushed it out. Yeah. Because they had the masters or something. Yeah, but they said um, there's this other band that they I hadn't heard of them, the Liars or Liars. Have you heard mm -hmm. of them? Apparently, there's this other band that they're really friends with, and it was that band that convinced or encouraged them to sort of take another stab at it, kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. So I think they had the songs, um, and they just sort of reworked them, worked on them some more, and re-recorded them for Cryptograms with um, their producer Nicholas. Or Nick, mm -hmm. like and that so that second, yeah, that second version is what came out. Yeah, what we know as cryptograms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that's you know, that's cool. Yeah, you know, putting the perseverance into recording like essentially the same quote unquote album twice in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of dedication right there. But like you said, they did it in two days, so they kind of went in with a plan, right? And, yeah, and knocked it out. No, it goes to show if you have a plan, yeah. you can bust it out pretty quick. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then Microcastle. Yeah. Is the next album up though? What year did that come out? Uh, 2008. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think this uh, is where stuff starts getting good. Yeah. This one's um it's more lush. Mm-hmm. It's more, you know, transporting guitar pop. Mm-hmm. Um I think this this is where they kind of started to get some critical acclaim. Yeah. And this was their debut on the charts as well. Yeah. Is everything okay? Yeah, we got the, the heater. Uh, heater's acting the studio up. heater. Um yeah, so this is it's this album's more crisp. Mm-hmm. Um really good concise songs. Mm-hmm. Um I I think this that thing's crazy. It's, I feel like somebody's throwing <laughs> rocks at me or something. Um, yeah. hmm, it was pretty distracting. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to switch off the heat in the studio for future episodes. It's toasty in here. It is toasty. Uh, so this album leaked online months before it was scheduled. Mm. I read. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, the band recorded another album. Yeah. Weird Era. Yeah. Uh, that was included with the Microcastle official release. Yeah. They've been pretty prolific because between these albums as well, they've like done EPs as well. Right. Um, they did Fluorescent Grey in 2007 on or Island in 2008 as well. I think some of these they, they did straight to cassette and CDRs and were giving them out at shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is interesting. Um, and I think at a later point in their career, they continue to do that as well because they feel like the albums aren't coming out quick enough for their fans. So they want to give them something back. Which is interesting. If you're like writing music and recording it, you're still like, I guess it's like, it's the album thing, right? For every artist we've talked about, they really put the album as an important like thing to, to do. Like, yeah. You know, Whether or not that's yeah. in the, the zeitgeist of what people care about or the way yeah. that people listen to music these days, the yeah. artists certainly still care about that. Yeah. About showing their body of work in a certain way. And I think also like, yeah, we there's a few artists we've talked about like this, and I think on one of our last episodes as well, and and Bradford had the same sort of outlook as well about music, about the streaming culture and stuff like that, and and to build upon what we've said in previous episodes, Bradford said about this that there's no there's no like context behind the music anymore. Mm-hmm. He's he says yeah, you sh-, he's another artist that said that he doesn't think people should have access to all the music that that's been released at your fingertips, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I see where they're coming from, from it. Like he said, like there's, you know, there's some songs out there or some albums that really made a difference or like pivotal in certain, you know, in the history, not just the history of music, but history of life kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like he didn't mention NWA, but for example, like fuck the police from NWA that was a big thing just culturally at that moment in time, you know, it getting banned, it, have, it having all these repercussions with the LAPD and stuff right. like that. You know, he didn't mention that, but like I'm mentioning that in reference to what he said is like you lose the context of the music. It's just another song on the playlist now. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if you have Fuck the Police on a playlist to someone new who doesn't know the history of when that song come out, came out and all that, it's just another song on the playlist, you know. So he thinks that you know because of the streaming culture and that we don't there isn't that um, importance on the on the music anymore or its place in time and when it came out and what was going on then when it came out and stuff like that and I think that's an you know it's another sort of like outlook to why for example he and Deer Hunter want to do albums as well as bodies of work kind of thing instead of just the songs the song culture mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, again, because then, yeah. like, he, this guy doesn't have a plan. He's not yeah. trying to dominate the world with his music. Yeah. Um, but they're they're doing it for themselves. You know, yeah. Bradford's writing for himself. 
yeah. um, for his own like kind of cathartic experience yeah and you know sharing his emotions through his musical career yeah um and yeah providing context yeah you know yeah. hearing a song in an album will make it sound a little bit different than if you just heard it streaming alongside some random songs in your playlist yeah. on shuffle for example so yeah 100 yeah. percent yeah. back it up i don't know if we should not give people access to all music i don't know yeah. how that would be regulated in any way let's see this is, i think who did we talk about last week the the scottish group or the scottish and irish bro band. i barely remember 24 <laughs> hours ago <laughs> uh yeah me, me neither it's been a while django django there oh right go. yeah um yeah we talked about django django on uh one of the last episodes and they were saying the same thing the, the guy from that was saying the same thing about like not he doesn't think having access to all music is good i don't agree with that i understand what bradford's saying about the context like that seemed that makes sense to me so it's like how i think how do we go forward in music and having stuff available to people and i mean maybe i don't know it's just different times right it's like it's different i mean it's, times, it's, we're like, living in a yeah. time that's changing there's not yeah. something that stands still and like static that yeah. we can respond to or react to yeah it's like every day is a little bit different and it's constantly changing different platforms coming up platforms well, going down well so here's another thing he said bradford about um an ep did fading frontier mm -hmm. um in 2015 he was asked about the title behind that, the meaning of the title. And he said he feels that culture is fading a bit. He, sa he says he thinks tastes are being engineered. He said everything is content. Everything's editorial. Everything is designed to push you one way or the other. And he feels very diminished by that, like as a person kind of thing in the world, you know. So I think like to kind of think about streaming, everything available, the context of music, and the fact that there's just so much shit coming out now constantly and everything's content, like, I don't know. I think we're in, we're in a time that's evolving right now. No, right. no one really knows where it's going. Like, yeah. You know, and there's no yeah. leader. And there's no leader. <laughs> Has there ever been a leader though? I mean, I don't know. Like, there's been like, there's been musical reactions to political movements, right? Yeah. In music throughout the past, like, you know, you've heard protest music protest songs. yeah and that's like one of the like things that. where yeah. a lot of this really great music in these genres even come from from like yeah. rock and roll punk yeah. yeah with with these attitudes yeah that are like you know against the system like we're gonna do what we want we're yeah. we're in power yeah. no matter what you say yeah um and that's kind of the punk atmosphere yeah like sex pistols and that was a whole big thing when they yeah god save the queen and all that and was it god save the queen i don't even know I don't know. Name of their song. I but, think you know. the Sex Pistols are overrated. Yeah, they are. I would, I, I would agree. Their image is greater than their musical. I, I, I think looking back on them now, they seem very pop and mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like they were like provocateurs at the time. Right. But I don't think they were actually like punk. No, they punk. were like, they yeah. were like, like orchestrated punk. Yeah. Like yeah. punk for the masses. Right. Yeah, yeah. Engineered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for an image. Yeah. But neither here nor there. Yeah. See, there you go. But you wouldn't know that if you just had a punk, uh, right. a Sex Pistols song in a playlist randomly yeah. somewhere. <laughs> so, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, audiophiles and music lovers know that context yeah. can add a lot to a song yeah. or an album yeah. or a band. Yeah. Well, like recently, uh, just on the streaming platforms, there are, there are a lot of people 
I've listened to that have been talking about lockdown and COVID and Black Lives Matter. Like, you know, there's been a lot of lyrical things that have come out around that, I think, um, which might have resonance in the future if you listen to that music. I don't know. I mean, all the people are like, what are they talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, lockdown. Like, there's a lot of been like weird lyrics, the weird song. Like, the music's good, but there's been like weird lyrics about like just me and my dog. No, yeah, can't, his, can't see my friends. Historians and like are going to be yeah. looking in the past at, at the 2020 music yeah. and be like, "Why were all these people depressed and alone?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. No, we're but, talking about Microcastle. We're talking about the band Deer Hunter. Yeah. This 2008 release, Microcastle. Let's play um, a jam off yeah. of this yeah, called yeah. "Nothing Ever Happened." Yeah. So this this song still has the energy of like that that early song off "Turn It Up." Right. Um, okay. And then the first song we played was Agoraphobia off the same album to open up this show on Roots to Grooves. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to play that song because it, it shows a little more delicacy, um, mm. a little chillability, mm -hmm. and how they're, they've kind of calmed down mm. and they're reaching towards other dimensions. Okay. And then this song kind of brings it back with that old, old energy, yeah. but with a new finesse. Nice. So it's a little engineered, a little bit better, cleaner, more punchy. And it's a really good song. So let's play this um, Nothing Ever Happened off Microcastle 2008. from Deer Hunter on Microcastle album. Yeah. There was something interesting that Bradford said, and he said this before they made this album, so I want to see if you think it's true or not. Mm -hmm. He said, I've decided completely that I want to say goodbye to the 80s references that kind of surfaced in our music. Hmm. How do you feel about that, that comment when it comes to this album? Because I kind of, you could, in that last track, maybe see a little bit of that still... Yeah, I mean, a little bit of like the Smiths yeah. or, yeah. you know, kind of like new um, new wave music like The Cure or yeah. New Order yeah, yeah. kind of vibes a little bit. Yeah. Kind of alternative, yeah. upbeat, um, you know, yeah. nice melodies and stuff. Yeah. And then that's, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they came from this energy and they the stuff that I really love from Deer Hunters, they're more chilled out, psychedelic kind of... Mm -hmm odd adventurous music yeah, yeah um and i think that's what they're most known for yeah and so yeah i'm excited to talk about um halcyon digest up next yeah, but yeah. i can totally see how that's the kind of line at microcastle and then mm -hmm. yeah i'm i mean we can talk about halcyon digest because that's probably a good um transition like you just said yeah is a, a kind of a turning point for yeah in sound and direction yeah, yeah. totally they, they've yeah. kind of reached their end yeah um, with what they were kind of trying to do with those sounds, and then they kind of found their footing of where to go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Microcastle yeah. debuted at 123 on Billboard 
200 albums chart mm-hmm. when, in 2008. Despite being leaked, he said. Yeah, dis- yeah, despite yeah. being leaked. Yeah, yeah. So pretty good. Yeah. And then, yeah, it features some more kind of pop sensibilities. Yeah. Which maybe some of them they want to get rid of and some they want to go more towards. Yeah, yeah. It seems like. Yeah. Um, in between that time, Archuleta, I think they took a little bit of time off. Yeah. Archuleta mm-hmm. attended culinary school. Yeah. And um, Favre concentrated on running his label called Army of Bad Luck. Right. So they were all kind of doing a little bit of different things. Yeah. Um, they had stopped touring for a while, and then, yeah, they came out with Hallocene Digest, if that's where we're at. Yeah, because before that, they were doing some pretty big gigs. They they opened for Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, so they were yeah. they were hitting their mark. They were coming yeah. up in the... Yeah, yeah. Still coming up. And then I think Hallocene Digest, they kind of yeah. arrived. Right. Officially. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Halcyon Digest, if we are there. And in between, yeah. Weird yeah. Era was also there in 2008. Yeah. And we're, we'll kind of skip over that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not super familiar with it. Yeah. I bet there's some cool stuff on there. And I think it was uh, sort of a combined, on the Spotify release, Microsoft and some of the tracks from Weird Era sort mm-hmm. of combined somehow in that release. Yeah. On the streaming platform, at least. Uh, I think, um, I don't know exactly what the story is, but I think yeah. they're all separate songs, but they were just released kind of at the same time. Right. Yeah. But it's on Spotify, for example, it's shown as two different albums. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, neither here nor there, either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But Halcyon Digest, officially, um, so this comes out in 2010. Yeah. There's 11 songs on it. Um, and this is where I kind of discovered them. I think that it just came up on a, you might like this song, if you like this song. Right. Um, so, yeah, they reconvened after the little hiatus in 2010 to record Halcyon Digest, mm-hmm. um, produced by Ben Allen. Mm-hmm. This popped up at number 37 on the Billboard 200 mm-hmm. um, albums chart. It, it features like a little less tension. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's kind of a little more chill. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lush production, uh, really good memorable melodies and hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the instrument, the instrumentation is lavish. Okay. So it's lush. It feels good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's too soon, but we could play a song right off this right off the bat. Yeah. So we're going to play Revival. I think this does a good job of showing um, a new foot, new, new steps in a new direction, um, and new capabilities, and a new adventure for Deer Hunter. So I think Revival shows that really well. So let's play Revival. banjo in there somewhere in the mix that, that's what i'm saying it has some <laughs> sort of kind of rustic kind of vibes yeah kind of you know beach boys vibes mm-hmm. um but definitely sounds like a new direction to me it's interesting because at a certain point and this was a long time ago very early interview before all these albums mm-hmm. bradford was saying that he liked to listen to uh, i forgot what he called it like sort of post-pop music of the uh, like 60s and 70s but for example, he specifically said, um, like post Beatles, John Lennon, mm. post Beatles, uh, Paul McCartney, um, Bob Dylan, after mm-hmm. he had like put out some of his bigger hits, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, with John Lennon, also he said, uh, 
uh, Plastic Ono band, you know, the stuff that John Lennon did with Yoko Ono. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can hear that a little bit in that track, a little bit, that sort of John Lennon vibe, a little bit for me in that track. Yeah, no, I but, can totally yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a little bit of the vocal stylings. Yeah. It does, yeah. And I, I yeah, I like, I like Bradford's vocals, how, yeah. he, how he kind of approaches it in that non perfect right. way that is perfect for the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just the use of doublings, the, the, just the general production of this this track revival that we just played. Yeah, with like what was it? A banjo, maybe a mandolin. Yeah, but mandolin like maybe yeah. acoustic yeah. guitars. You know, panning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it just sounds really kind of rich and lush, especially when it's in that bridge, like three quarters of the way through, and it's mm-hmm. like the drums cut out, but all it's just jangling, and then the bass comes in yeah. and holds down the fort. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it just grooves, and it's just uh, yeah. it's really fun and interesting to listen to. Yeah. And that song's kind of short and sweet. Yeah. You know, two minutes thirteen seconds. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the tracks that like really caught my eye. But before I even knew who Deer Hunter was, I knew some of these tracks and mm. I just hadn't, they come up on shuffle or something. I'm like, that was good. Like, right. Didn't look at the band name. Right. Yeah. Um, and then only like until, uh, you know, relatively recently was, I was like, oh, whoa, all these songs are from the same band. Like okay. I actually have to look into this band Yeah, yeah. because they're actually this over two decades yeah. worth of music. They're yeah, coming yeah. out with consistently good stuff. Yeah. that I keep liking on Spotify or whatever. So I got to check them out. Yeah, yeah. Here we are today. There you go. Um, so I really recommend Halicine, Halicon, Halcyon. Halcyon Digest. Halcyon Digest. I would, yeah. I would recommend starting with this album if anybody yeah. um, cares about Deer Hunter uh, at all. Right. There's like three or four big songs off of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. A few with like over 20 million streams. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Anything yeah. you got on Halcyon Digest? Uh, no. He said there wasn't much thought or vision behind the name, even. So mm-hmm. it was just two words that he liked together, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't even know what Halcyon means. <laughs> but he also says he doesn't want to make it seem like they don't care. Like when he says these things, he says right. that in the same breath as saying there was not much thought put into it. Yeah. It's like they care, but they're like, we don't. I think one of the things he said is like he has a hard time really explaining the decisions or whatever, which is fair enough. It's like, you know. You're making an album, you, you're doing these things, you make those decisions for a certain thing at that point, and then you kind of have to remember it so that some journalist can ask you about it later yeah. on, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah, I think it, like, just, it goes to show some of these decisions aren't, I don't know, are, are essentially not important. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, like in, they're like creative decisions that are made in the moment, thoughtfully, but it's not like they're major it wasn't the things. goal of the project to have a good band like, yeah. or album name. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I looked up Halcyon. Yeah. Uh, the definition denoting a period of time in the past that mm-hmm. was ideal, I- idyllically mm-hmm. happy and peaceful. Mm. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Digesting that. Yeah. yeah. Di- digest that, Jay. Digest, digest that. <laughs> All right. So um, good stuff. Yeah. Um, let's. We'll have a time for an ad break right now. We'll take a break. I'm just kidding. We bring you this show for free. <laughs> Do you need a pee break? Is that no, what you're not even. I'm close to a pee break, but it's fine. Keep going. Let's, let's go on to Monomania then. Yeah. In 2012, uh, Favre left Deer Hunter yeah. shortly before they prepared to make um, this fifth album. Yeah. Um, so with Josh McKay stepping in on bass. Yeah. Um, guitarist Frankie Broyles joined the fold. Mm-hmm. They joined... Joined the band just as an, another guy. Okay. And then uh, the band returned to Rare Book Room, that same one where they did that 
yeah. album where they recorded it twice. With Nick Verhez. I want to say his name correctly. I don't know. Verhez? Vernes? 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 Vernes. Vernes. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, 2013. Yeah. Raw, confrontational. Yeah. Monomania. Yeah. Um, this hit 41 on the Billboard 200. They appeared on Jimmy Fallon playing... The so, title track as so well. they've made Even, it they made it i uh, mean if you're playing a late night show yeah that's that's a pretty good sign you're doing it's pretty good big. yeah so yeah this one again this shows some more progression of the band yeah. a little bit new direction it's it's a rougher aesthetic kind of back to a little garagey mm-hmm. um vocals are really kind of mixed high in the mix hmm. um and, and the music a little more like washed out in the background but mm-hmm. but the guitars are still clear and up front yeah um the drums are the kind of dirty and gritty yeah, and a, a, overall a little bit of a more lo-fi sound than Halcyon Digest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, that, those, are, those are my notes on that album. So it's pretty good. I'm not as familiar with this album, but there's a bunch of good stuff on it. Yeah, they said uh, some press said that the album expanded on a darker and more disturbing sound, mm-hmm. um, completed with treated tape recordings of rats and insects, mm-hmm. <laughs> exploring the themes of dissociation and mental illness. Yeah, yeah, and that, that pairs well yeah. with the album art. It just says Monomania, and it's kind of yeah. on like a uh, like a neon, yeah, neon sign on a brick wall. Yeah, just darkness all in red, and darkness surrounds it. Yeah, so I can only imagine how Bradford was feeling <laughs> during this time period. Can only imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that's 2013. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I, I don't have too much more to say on the album, but a big turn of events in, de- in December 2014, mm-hmm. um, Brad Ferd Cox yeah. was hit by a car and hospitalized yeah. for inju- injuries. Yeah. Um, he recovered. Yeah. Um, and he, they continued to work on their next album, but I just wanted to throw that note in there. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, then they did do Fading Frontier in 2015. I was wrong earlier. I thought it was an EP, but it's an actual album, I think. Right. Oh, yeah, as far as I know, it's a full album. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just going to skip over these because they've had so much stuff out. No, like, you know, 100%. We'll get, um, but, yeah, and then, unfortunately, so um, their bass player, Josh Father, already left the band before Monomania was recorded. And, unfortunately, he passed away in 2018. And they don't know why. They said unexpectedly, and there was no cause of death. Yeah, I couldn't find out anything about that either. Yeah, I've tried to go look online since to see if there's anything been since about him written anywhere. But well, I mean, just no. to yeah. to show, I mean, the the adversity yeah. this band has gone through, like yeah. between members coming in and out, two deaths, yeah, two deaths, hospitalized, getting hit by um, a car, yeah, and they basically never stopped being um prolific yeah. they've yeah. they've continued to make music throughout all of this absolutely um yeah. relatively consistently as anybody else yeah, yeah. in the game yeah. and so that is in itself impressive mm-hmm. and a testament to the love of music i would say yeah well but, i think like bradford said that at some point it's like he said he'd never well there's two a few things about this he said he'd never he never gave out demo tapes he never wanted the attention of labels. He mm-hmm. wasn't in it for that. He said he's always only ever wanted to entertain people mm-hmm. um, at, at any level to make them feel happy or make them feel sad or whatever, just to entertain kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. his motivation. And there was something actually very interesting that he said about that, um, about sort of ambition and aspiration. He said, he said, if you think something's going to make or break you, like whatever it is you're working on, 
if it's going to make or break you. And he said, then it will break you. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> he, he said, like, you know, aspiration and ambition aren't terrible qualities, but when they become the engine of what you're creating, that's a problem. Mm. Like, if you nice. focus on that side of things, that's not the right motivation and it's you're gonna fail i mean i think you said it if you're focused anything at all on failing if that's an option in your head then that's what you're gonna manifest in or even success even success Mm -hmm. even thinking about either one of those things Mm -hmm. this is going to be success or this is going to be a failure those are just like the wrong things you know you shouldn't be doing it for that you should be doing it for the passion uh, for the creativity, for whatever else it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's not what you do, it's why you do it. Yeah, not focusing on the outcome, basically. Mm-hmm. And we've said this time and time again. I know you and I, personally, are on yeah. that same level. A lot of the artists we've talked about are as well. And we've seen evidence through talking about all of these artists, and that is true as well. Like, yeah. You know, you, you can only really... Well, you can only sustain something for a long period of time if you have true passion for it as well. Like mm-hmm. the consistency aspect of doing all of this stuff. Like whatever it is, doesn't necessarily have to be even music or creativity. Although I think it's more evident in doing music and doing creativity, these aspects that maybe you wouldn't think about in other aspects of doing other jobs or other careers kind of thing. Yeah. It's more evident and in your face when it comes to... It's, it's so much more arbitrary. Yeah. And- because the subjective thing is, of what is success and what is not success. Well, yeah, because it's so hard to like make a living if you, that's what you want to do out of music. Mm-hmm. Other people's judgment on playing music or being doing that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you should have a backup plan or something like that. Yeah, you know, don't, you know, I'm going to be a professional musician. Yeah, that sounds great, but, you know, maybe you should go train no, them to do something else. Like, like a lot yeah. of these artists yeah. have said, if you have a backup plan, then yeah. that's what you're going to end up doing. <laughs> like might exactly. as well just go just do, well your just backup. Go do that yeah, yeah if that's what you want yeah yeah well that's mm. another thing like bradford was asked in an interview once it's like if you weren't doing music what would you be doing and he was like well he said i've always worked so that's not <laughs> even a question like kind of he didn't say it in that way but he didn't say it's not even a question but it's like, like work outside of music yeah he said like you know because he said he came from a very poor background that he said when you got to the age of that he wanted to get things or buy things he had to work for it right he even like forced some like parental consent forms before he was legally able to work so he could work at wendy's to uh like so he got a job at wendy's underage nice forced forced some papers just so he could do the job to get some money kind of thing well there you go yeah and he said he's also he also did like you know vinyl signs he'd cut out all the vinyl signs he did do graphic design mm-hmm. for people so he worked as a colorist in a film lab and stuff like that so the question of like you know he said he's always like worked and it and music was a hobby like for the longest time kind of thing yeah until you know the music could overtake that and pay his bills and, and sustain stuff like that. himself yeah through that yeah yeah so it's like you know I think he's one of those people who's like doing music was never in doubt, never in question. Like mm-hmm. even if he couldn't make a living out of it, he would do that forever. Right. It just so happens that, you know, he was able to, I think it's the same thing with like idols we talked about a long time ago. Uh, Cause I just saw that episode recently and they said about um, just the consistency thing, you know, keeping your head down and doing the work and not seeking, looking up for gratitude or, mm-hmm validation or any of these things it's just like if you put the effort in and you love what you're doing 
something will come out of it at some point. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love that yeah. energy. Yeah, and props on the research about finding out about Wendy's. Yeah, that was a very obscure little thing they nice. said, but I caught that and I was like, "That's interesting." Yeah, props to props yeah. to Jay, everybody. Look at <laughs> look at that level of research. We love it. But there's gaps in my other knowledge. I don't know the full, especially with a band like Deer Hunter that have been around for so long, mm-hmm. um, with a lot of members, and a lot of those members' stories aren't publicly out there because they haven't publicly said anything on the record yeah they don't so they're not like, terribly yeah. outspoken no yeah. or um attention seeking in any way no and I, and bradford cox isn't i don't think attention seeking either it's just like mm-hmm. his natural personality is he talks a lot and yeah and he's described you know, as charismatic yeah, yeah so he just kind of that energy overflows yeah. into other people yeah. so yeah you know good for him yeah um yeah fading frontier i think this this album is pretty sleek it's mm-hmm. clean presentation um, it's pretty commercially appealing, mm-hmm. um, but I think it 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 doesn't quite have as much creativity or adventure mm-hmm. as some of the other releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, 2019, mm-hmm. Josh Favre died at 39, mm-hmm. so rest in peace. Yeah, um, and then brings us up to the present, or as far as Deer Hunter is, as yeah. far as releases go, yeah, presently, yeah. 2019 was their latest release. Um, their release was entitled "Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared?" Yeah, um, that's their eighth album. Yeah. Um, the first official album to to feature the keyboardist and saxophonist Javier Morales. Yeah, there's a lot of sax on this album. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an, a, a new thing, and I think yeah. sax could be is it, done the right way. It's very psychedelic. Yeah, it's a good instrument. You got to use it in the right way. You know, I think we talked about that a lot. Yeah, well, saxophone, I think we, use of saxophone and music. It, it could be overdone very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but it featured uh, this album. And lots of synths, sorry, as well, on this album. I noticed. Synth, sax, synth? sax and synths. Sax and synths. Yeah. Synthy sax. Sax and synths. <laughs> just made that up, guys. Thank yeah. you. Lots of interrupt. Sorry, you're going to say something. Oh, just this album also uh, featured collaboration with Kate Laban mm. and the producer of. Halcyon Digest, Ben Allen. Yeah. So cool. couple notes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some people were saying it's, this is a little bland. There's like middling instrumentals. So this is the first thing I ever heard of Deer Hunter. Oh, you started uh, here? Because I, I saw they had such a big catalog. Right. I, I thought that you might have come across them on their most recent things. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so, like, totally opposite. Yeah. So well, I, I came in in the middle, basically. In the middle, yeah. And, uh, which is good to know. But yeah, I listened to this album first all the way through. And uh, it's interesting because like they said at a certain point, they're trying to get rid of the 80s thing, but it's still there. That There's like, there's this one track, Greenpoint, Greenpoint Gra- Gothic. Sorry, Greenpoint yeah, no, Gothic. I, I, that's one of my highlights for this album. Sound reminds me a lot of Gary Newman Cars. Nice, like, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and then this, this is like a Strokes sort of vibe a little bit. For me as well yeah or julian and casablanca's type of thing yeah uh and 60s pop i got from this as well mm-hmm. still like through the throughout this album which yeah. is some great influence to have yeah, yeah i mean i'm gonna have to go listen to it after you just said that i'm like oh yeah. now i want to listen to that yeah well yeah. i don't know we, should we play the track off that yeah i got um i got a, i picked out a couple of picks but um well should we close out with should that we track? close out yeah i was gonna say yeah um, let's, let's play that i think that's all i got on deer hunter yeah um overall yeah. yeah you got anything else 
Not a great find. I would say to the people out there, look up some Brandon Cox. Bradford. Oh, my God. Sorry. Bradford Cox. Bradford, we, we love you. We apologize. It's very... Looks written down. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to misread it. Uh, I would say go look up some of his interviews because he's got a lot to say and he's a very mm -hmm. interesting person. Um, and he he's he talks a lot. Like I I feel like I might get a little bit exhausted if I was around him in person all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 being in the band or whatever. But the thing is, though, everything he says is actually very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there's this one interview he did with some radio station. I think it was KCRW or something like that. Um, he's just, yeah, it's just like the way his mind works and the, the references and the ideas and the concepts he talks about. Yeah. It's just like really interesting. And a lot of the comments I saw on the YouTube is like, oh, this is like a true artist. Like, you know, this is, you know. I think when people talk about charisma, they talk about like sort of like actually this is like a very interesting person in the world right now that's like yeah. doing things and he, we should kind of like listen to what he has to say, yeah. his, his perspective on these things kind of thing. So Yeah, I think yeah. he's got some sort of attraction to him. Yeah. He's on yeah. some awesome wavelength. So yeah, I yeah. think a lot of people can, yeah. you know, he communicates that to people through his music. Yeah, yeah his music, through yeah. just his interviews, him talking himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also has another project called Atlas Sound. Yeah. His own solo solo project, which right. has a, quite a bit of music and it's it's good stuff. Doesn't he like co-write or write for other projects as well? Maybe or something I heard. I like, think he a does a lot of side projects or something like that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't look too deep into those, just concentrating on Deer Hunter. But yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah. he's yeah he's prolific and he works with other artists. So yeah. there's definitely more stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, with Bradford on it, um, oh. let alone the other band members. Yeah. Um, so do some exploring. If there's anything cool that you guys know about that we don't, and we didn't say anything about it, let us know that we should listen yeah. to. Yeah. Any comments, corrections? Yeah. We so, love those. So far on the audio only end of things, uh, Bin, King Krull is the most listened to episode that we've mm. ever done for some reason. It's followed by Bin, which is our first ever episode, yeah. which is very cool. And it's interesting to go look back. It's like we've improved, but I feel like we were just like already on it on episode one for some reason. There was something about it, some magic in the air or something. Roots Grooves is magical, man. <laughs> what can we say? We just stumbled upon something great. And Men I Trust, but a lot of people have been checking that out. Um, actually, this is on his ad lib, but my two favorite episodes so far, I think, content wise, discussion wise, is Actress and Courtney Barnett. Mm hmm. And yeah. maybe idols, but um, those, yeah, yeah. Actress was very interesting, especially because yeah. that was we didn't do the research for the right artist that we meant to. Well, we did, by, but I uh, suggested the, an artist that I, I thought it was a. Uh, oh, I see. I can't remember the name of the band. <laughs> That's the problem. But we did do a show on the band, like simple. Eventually, some, yeah, we we did we did do that um, with the duo that like to watch movies in bed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name. Uh, Still Corners. So, yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. I had no idea why I That's who you thought? Still Corners. And I think it was because I was listening to those two things at the same point in time. And it was like five years ago that I was discovered those <laughs> artists. And I just like, in my memory, mixed up the names and the album covers yeah, or something just, like that. Just confidently <laughs> mixed it up and like, Let, let's do Actress. So, yeah, but we did them both. But it was, it was good. It's, see, Accidents... 
get happy accident. That was a happy yeah. accident. Episode, you just go with you know? the flow and something yeah. great happened. That was yeah. a great episode. It was really fun to record. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in there. Check that one out. Yeah. Um, if you got anything to hit us up about, hit us up at the email. Roots to grooves at signalradio.com. S-I-G-N-L radio.com. Roots to grooves.com for every, every episode, video and audio from there. For free. For free. We bring you no ads. No ads. No nothing. No plugs. Just no love. Nothing. Just love. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I want to close out with one of these tracks that I liked from the most recent Deer Hunter album. Why it hasn't everything already disappeared. Oh, I thought you were going to play Greenpoint. <laughs> oh, I could play Greenpoint. Yeah, I was going to play Element, but let me play no, Greenpoint. No, play whatever one you want. Uh, I'm out. I'm gone. Well, Greenpoint's like an instrumental, oh. I think. No, play whatever you want. <laughs> okay, this is, we're, we're going to do a plug for Deer Hunter. Go check out this album and listen to Greenpoint and let us know via email or in the comments if you think it sounds like Gary Newman and Cars. But instead of playing that track right now, it keeps <laughs> things very interesting. I'm going to play Element. <laughs> Element. All right. Well, this has been Roots to Grooves. I'm Jesse. I'm Jay. And you know, this is Roots to Grooves, Seattle, Washington. We thank you for being here. We're here for you guys to learn and to grow. Yeah. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.